We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome inside the Guilty as Charged podcast. My name is Steven, and I am your host here to do a free agency mock simulation and prediction show with my guys Tyler and Arjun as well. Arjun, we'll start with you, man. How are you doing tonight? Doing very well. I'm really excited for free agency. This is like one of the best times of the year, I think, outside of the draft and the start of the season. So really excited. Obviously, Chargers are not in a position like they were last year, but just in general, I think the NFL is, is really interesting at this time of the year, and I'm, I'm excited to see where players end up. Yeah, I mean, we've gotten a, a pretty crazy day today uh, from the NFL already. I'm sure we'll talk about some of the moves uh, that were done today by, uh, you know, the Dolphins, the Commanders, and um, the New York Jets in particular. So um, free agency off to a crazy start already. I love the legal tampering quotes that everybody already does, even though the deals <laughs> are already done. Um, you know, it is what it is, but it makes it more fun. Uh, Tyler, what's up, man? How are you doing tonight? I'm doing very well. Last time we were with Arjun, we were spent an hour and seven minutes just trying to get the dead cap or the the cap from you know whatever it was to zero. So the fact that we have a bit more to work with now is at least a bit more fun. Yeah, obviously we've gotten uh, more news on the uh, restructuring front, and I'm sure we'll we'll discuss that. Um, you know, and and it should be fun. So. Um, yesterday, if you missed it, Tyler and I went over some uh, potential free agency targets and we gave some of our thoughts on the Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa restructures. Um, we'll see what happens. I still would imagine they expect uh, they would cut uh, Matt Filer, excuse me, but you know, we'll see what happens there because they do need uh, some more cap space to be able to operate. So 
Um, big week ahead for the Chargers. I definitely do not expect them to go big fish hunting. Uh, like some people have suggested, uh, you know, people were kind of freaking out a little bit over the Jalen Ramsey thing today. And I, I think that was certainly a surprise. But once you saw the the guaranteed money that the Dolphins would be taking on, it was pretty clear that it seems like the Chargers were not going to be able to do that. So, um, Arjun, before we get into some of the Charger-specific things here, um, what's your take on how the moves that were done today might affect the Chargers and the moves that they might have to be making and looking at with their needs at you know linebacker, defensive line, and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, you can see it in my name. It, it basically, Chargers are going all in for 2023. There's no way you can have four players take up 55% of the cap. That's just not sustainable. Um, and they're all at the same position, two positions. So again, not sustainable. Um, and initially when the Keenan and Mike restructures came out, I was like, okay, they're probably going to be on the team in 2024. But now that I thought about, I thought about it a little bit more, they're, they're just willing to eat the dead money. If, if, you know, uh, if it comes to that in 2024, like they're going to have to cut at least in my opinion, two of the guys. So I think, you know, the moves they made were definitely to create as much room as possible. This is like an all-in push for 2023. You know, they have a, a solid roster on paper. Again, it's always on paper. The depth definitely isn't as good as I'd want it to be. But if everyone's healthy and they get into the playoffs and 80 90% healthy, they're definitely a team to watch out for. And I think, you know, with improvements to the offense, offensive scheme, um, the moves they made were definitely to try and get some bigger fish than what we initially thought, where normally, again, we might, I, I was definitely wrong on where I thought the Chargers were going to go, but this is something that the Chargers have never done. They've never restructured this much money, right? Like this is yeah. very unprecedented, unprecedented for them. So I, I'll admit I was wrong in how the, I thought the restructure, restructures were going to happen, but this is something new for me that I've seen Tom Telesco do. And it's definitely something that is interesting to see. And, um, you know, it definitely signals that they're going to be signing some bigger free agents that they think can help their team more than just resigning some depth guys. Generally speaking, looking ahead to 2024, I know this is a 2023 free agency show, but what does that kind of mean when you talk about them being okay with eating that dead cap? What are sort of their options there? Because it's what 142 million, combined between the guys for their cap hit next year i forget what the dead money would be but like your kind of opinion on that in general and what they can do and what you'd expect them to do you said two guys we kind of ranked the guys yesterday i thought you know keenan Allen was more likely to stay steven thought that joey boso was more likely to stay what do you kind of think their options are heading into 2024 yeah i think um it, it honestly to me depends on what they do in the draft um i think they have to find a receiver replacement given that one of the receivers is gone I it's just tricky to me because I don't think drafting a receiver in the first round is going to impact them a lot this year. I do. I would assume that if they do take a receiver in the first draft, whether I don't think the is going to be there, it could be Quentin Johnston. It could be Addison. They're probably going to play over Palmer, but Palmer Palmer is like good enough where he's going to see snaps. Right. So do you want in an all in year? Do you want to draft someone in the first round who's going to play maybe at most 70, 60 percent of the snaps? And I think that answer is no. And I know we we're we we're talking about drafting an edge guy and he's only going to play like 50, 60 percent of the snaps. I also so it is a tricky situation. I, I do think I was wrong in that the receiver is completely off the table, but whoever they draft, it has to be a replacement to one of Keenan or Mike. And to me, I think it would be Mike Williams just because I think Keenan 
it's he does obviously have a better relationship with Herbert. And, you know, Telesco comes into the combine and says, uh, you know, we want Keenan Allen to be a charger for life. Whether I, I don't know how much stock I put in that, but I do think um, I, I think it would be trickier to kind of find a Keenan replacement than someone who's more of the explosive receiver in Mike Williams. So I think it does depend on the draft, but I would I would kind of say Mike Williams is the guy that would be cut after uh, 2023. Yeah, I mean, at this time last year, after the Mike Williams contract was was finished, you know, we uh, at least Tyler and I kind of agreed that you know, Keenan was probably the one that would be on the Chargers for longer just because his I think his game will age better than Mike Williams mm-hmm. game. And we'll see we'll see what happens this year coming off of the hamstring injury. But I do think it's it's safer to say that Keenan probably is on this team for longer. So in terms of what we expected, right, like I don't think anybody really should have expected the Chargers to do these kind of four restructures because that's never been the track record, right? Like the track record has been like, you know, we'll restructure a star who's absolutely going to be on the team down the road and then we'll cut some guys and that's how we'll free up cap space. You know, them doing this kind of restructure season uh, was definitely unprecedented from Tom Telesco. And, uh, you know, obviously I think this kind of points to, like Arjun is saying, you know, an all-in season again for the Chargers, which makes sense. Like, you don't go all-in for one year and then, oh, it didn't work. We're going we're, <laughs> to, we're kind of blowing up the ship now. So, you know, they're going to continue to to push the can down the road as, as much as they not. That's not the right phrase. Kick the can down the road, excuse me, um, as long as they can. So I don't think anybody should hold it against anybody who thought that they were not going to restructure all these four players because we've never seen the Chargers do this kind of thing like Arjun is saying. Yeah. All right. Uh, just really quickly, um, you know, we mentioned some of the moves specifically, you know, Deron Payne getting extended by the commanders today, Jalen Ramsey getting traded to the Dolphins. Really the the one that will impact the Chargers is the Quincy Williams edition, which is something Brad Spielberger hinted out a few minutes ago. Uh, Quincy Williams was cut by somebody and then claimed by the Jets heading into the season, and they just gave him a three-year $18 million contract. And there's a lot of linebackers in this free agency group, including Drew Tranquil, including Kaiser White, and a bunch of other options here. So, Arjun, what's the immediate impact here from that Quincy Williams uh, contract on the linebacker market? Yeah, the immediate impact to me is if there's any linebacker that's as good, in your opinion, or better than Quincy Williams, they're not going to get less than like their agents are going to be pushing for at least six million dollars. Like six million dollars is now the new floor for linebackers. So, you know, those, what linebackers am I talking about? Like you talked about Tranquil, Kaiser, someone like Aziz Al-Shair, Alex Singleton, maybe, uh, Jermaine Pratt, definitely, Van Der Esch, definitely, Okariki. Like these guys are at least going to get $6 million compared to last year where we saw guys like, uh, it was uh, the person who signed with the Cardinals, um, Jordan, why am I? Well, the person that the guy that left the Cardinals or the guy that signed with them because they had uh, he signed signed with them last year he signed for like a four point five it was like a one year deal um, mm-hmm. whatever but like last year we definitely saw the linebacker market you know to kind of take a dip but this year it's definitely gone up so any linebacker you think is good as good or better than uh, Quincy Williams which there are a decent amount of free agency this year they're definitely going to get at least six million dollars and at least probably uh, two years on their contract. Yeah, so just looking at the stat comparison, not that it means everything, but Quincy Williams, I mean, or should I say Drew Tranquil, more pressures, more sacks, more tackles, um, more better interceptions, better in coverage. So, 
Um, I, I don't know what your successful coverage over expected, whatever it is, rate shows for coverage, but yeah, by Williams, my estimation, go for it. Williams was below expectations dating back to 2019. So definitely a lot of players who are better than him uh, in, in this agency class. Is this potentially, I forget the name of the player who signed with the Jaguars. He got paid significantly more than someone like Kaiser White, who statistically was, I mean, Kaiser White was better last year. Is this a potential scenario where he's actually just sort of an outlier in this case? Or do we really feel like he, everyone's starting at $6 million? I, I don't think Quincy's an out, or The Jags guy was definitely an outlier, but, mm -hmm. you know, because he was definitely more like a, an 11 12 million dollar guy and getting to 15 was definitely a big step but in terms of Quincy Williams he definitely represents what the mid market linebacker like market is and i think mm. that definitely impacted more i mean Brad Spielberg at PFF only had him at like 2.5 million for one year so getting to 6 million is a huge jump <laughs> now there there are a little bit of like there is a little bit of concessions given by the Jets i think like when the Jets mm. are a team that picked him off a, picked him up off of waivers and he plays two two full seasons for them as a starting linebacker like they're more inclined to give him a bigger deal than if he was to hit the open market so those are things to to keep in mind usually i think a team like the like who signs a udfa is going to pay him more than a team that doesn't you know pick him up so um it, it does impact it though a lot and i think a lot of the mid-market linebackers will mm -hmm. see at least six million dollars like we talked about did sorry before steven jumps in did brad usually have tranquil at seven and a half million a year or was it seven before oh he it's, might have just updated it it was yeah. at it was it was at was seven uh-huh um is it showing seven and a half right yeah now? i'm looking at three years seven and a half million average per year 13.5 million guaranteed he must have like just updated it in the past minute because it had it showed three <laughs> seven for me uh, but yeah three seven and a half makes sense um yeah i mean he he had it lower initially and then uh yeah you know, he kind of got some news there that uh, made the contract jump up from like five to seven. And now it's at mm -hmm. 7.5, which I think is reasonable. So, um, yeah, I, we'll talk about it when we do the simulation. But it, it's a lot of money for Drew Tranquil that he's going to get in free agency. Yeah, it looks like he's going through it right now. I, I, I think I want to say David Long was four years, nine million per year. And now he's up to 410. So. I think he's, mm -hmm. I think uh, Brad's doing some updating right now. So uh, he said he's staying up until midnight to update his contract. So I uh, respect the hustle there <laughs> by Brad Spielberger. Um, all right. So we're going to, like I said, we're going to do a simulation here on over the cap like we did a, a few weeks ago. Um, so Arden's going to pull that up and then we'll be able to uh, run through some things, you know, talk about the Chargers options here um, with the new cap space and, and uh, freeing up some more ones as well. And then we'll be able to bring up some uh, potential contracts that we're going to go through uh, tonight. So um, again, this is, uh, I, I think, very unique stuff. I think Arjun is one of the best in the business when it comes to contracts. So very excited to see what he's able to uh, work in for the Chargers as they go through this all-in 2023 season. All right. I should have my, sh uh, should have my screen shared now. I'll put that up. All right, so let's just start off with where we're at, where we are at. Um, Chargers have about nineteen million dollars in cap space. Um, this is not accounting for the rookie class and um, and rollover cap. So again, we'll allocate about four million dollars for rollover cap and about 
3.5 for the rookie class. So take this 19, subtract 7.5. We're, we're, we're at about 11.5 million in spending for free agency, which is not a lot. But at the time, you know, 7, 15 p.m. Eastern on Sunday, they still haven't cut Matt Filer, which is interesting. I don't know if they're going to wait until free agency to do that. I'm looking at the wrong year. I don't know if they're going to wait until free agency to do that, but they could still save about $6.5 million if they cut Filer, which I don't know why they haven't done it yet. I feel like they want to let him get a start on, on you know his open market if he hits the open market. But I feel like after the restructures of the four players, I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts. Like, do you think Filer stays on the team and they just have great depth with Sawyer as their swing tackle at this point? I think he's still cut. I think you have just too good of a replacement there uh, with Sawyer. I could see them. I think someone even DM me this, like suggesting that maybe they just want to triple check that they get Pipkins locked in first. Um, but in addition to that, they cut Brian Bulaga the Tuesday before free agency officially kicked off mm-hmm. last year. So it wouldn't. I mean, why wait? I don't really know. But at this point, like I, I do think he is is gone. Yeah, I tend to agree there. I think, you know, Tom Telesco is going to want uh, surplus value at some position group. And I think offensive line is the way to do that with, you know, Jamari Sawyer being a starter there. So I tend to agree with Tyler. I think that they're going to wait and see if they're able to bring back Trey Pipkins by Wednesday. If they're not, maybe they hold on to Matt Filer at that point. But, you know, uh, you brought up a name that we'll, I'm sure we'll mention here. You know, there there are other free agent guards that they could sign for cheaper and get you know, the similar level of play than that Matt Filer, or they could draft a guy that I would feel comfortable with in terms of uh, replacing him. So I still would expect him to get cut because they still need, like you're only talking about $11.5 million right now in, in true spending space. Um, and again, that could change. Maybe they restructure Sebastian Joseph Day or something like that, but mm-hmm. they still need more space. So I, yeah. I still expect him to get cut. All right. We'll make that move. Um, also, think Dustin Hopkins is probably gone. With just they, they could use a cap, and you know they have a replacement with Cameron Dicker. So, um, sitting at about twenty million dollars now in cap space, which is what's kind of enough. Um, you know, given that like you know year one cap hits are going to be low for Tom Telesco if he signs external guys. So like the AP, like it, it doesn't matter what the APY was. You know, it's obviously the year one cap hit. So, um, yeah, this is where we're at. I think this this is kind of all the moves I think that would be made. I don't foresee Gerald Everett being cut. I don't foresee uh, anyone else being restructured. I think they've made all the moves they needed to made, make. And now it's just freeing up some extra cap with Filer and Hopkins. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So one quick question here. Um, some people have, have said, obviously, that, you know, there are extensions that the Chargers will need to be getting done in order in order to you know preserve some depth obviously justin herbert's extension is going to get done but um in terms of like austin eckler michael davis those kind of extensions what kind of time frame do you think we're looking at and this is for both of you guys either one you could jump in um it's not necessarily like an immediate need but you know i'm more so asking because like those would free up cap space like down the road maybe that lets the chargers be a little bit more aggressive right now with their budget because then the space that they get from those contracts could be the rollover cap, stuff like that. Where, where do you think we're at in terms of uh, those two contract extensions being on the table, off the table, wherever you guys want to head in that direction? No comment. <laughs> I think, I mean, I'd be shocked if they haven't 
started or even like come close to those discussions yet, like those talks yet. Um, in terms of Michael Davis and uh, Austin Eckler, like, you know, one of them is probably going to get extended at some point just because, you know, they are the two guys where you can free up cap if you extend them. And, you know, Eckler's kind of hitting that point where you don't really want to pay him a lot of money, but like he was still very productive uh, last year in, in certain like high leverage situations. And Michael Davis obviously coming off one of the best years of his career. So those are the two guys you know, who would get extended. And I think they probably have had those discussions. I just don't think the talks will continue at this point. They're probably done with them. And the only kind of way they'll start bringing them back up is maybe even like next week where, you know, a lot of free agents have signed and now we are getting into that second wave of free agents and maybe chargers want to go after some bargain guys and they just need the extra two or $3 million. And that's where the extension for Michael Davis or, or Austin Eckler could come in. Yeah, I know uh, Brad put in his I, – I can't remember if it was you and Brad doing it together. There was an article I seem to remember that it was like how to solve the cap situation of, of Team X or whatever. And, uh, you know, he included the Austin Eckler extension in there, and I think that would be a, a valuable resource. So with Michael Davis, and I think those are both players who, um, you know, deserve that kind of contract extension. So um, do we want to put those in here, or do we want to kind of leave them aside for, for this episode? I think we should put one of them in there. Yeah, I think we could put one of them. You know, because Brad suggested it, let's put in the Austin Eckler extension. Yeah. Okay. So, um, we talked. I think we talked about this in our in the one of the you know videos we made. But I would expect the Austin Eckler deal to be kind of short, probably around like two years. I think is reasonable, and he's gonna he's gonna get a pay bump. I don't think it's gonna be that significant. Probably like. I think two years, $10 million would be decent enough. Um, I actually have, I, I'm pretty sure I put together an Eckler extension on one of my docs. Let me just see if I have it. Um, I don't, unfortunate. But yeah, it would be like two years, 10 million. I think it's a signing bonus of like six, maybe like six or $7 million. I'll just, I'll go high just because they've given more signing bonuses than most doing this and then converting, let's say like 4 million of this to um, a roster bonus in this year. And then they keep this number low and then they'll, and then obviously this number doesn't really matter. You're probably gonna get cut by this time. Um, so this is what like this would do. And you would save, I think about two or $3 million if you do this, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you do that, um, your cap space goes up by like about 1.7. I, I, that was obviously me just free, freelancing there, Ooh. but you would save nice. about two to $3 million if you extend Austin Eckler. Cool. There we go. All right. So we'll do uh, some internal free agents here first and foremost. Um, obviously the chargers have the big three. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about Drew Tranquil's market here. Um, Lindsay Theory did report yesterday that the Chargers are expected to lose Drew Tranquil to free agency. Um, he actually went on NFL Network and was basically like, uh, I'm out of here um, earlier this week. So um, unfortunately, I do think that Drew Tranquil will not be back on the Chargers uh, going forward. Arjun and Tyler, do you tend to agree there? Yeah, that's kind of where I felt. I believe the other two of the big three are the priority. I didn't hear the tranquil going on air and saying he's gone. Was that? 
it was on NFL Network. It was like um, one of like the later broadcasts that it was, you know, their like lesser like C tier group of uh, reporters <laughs> were on there. I don't even know the guy's name who was hosting it. Um, and they were like asking him like, hey, like, what's your mindset, you know, uh, of free agency? And he's like, yeah, I'm really excited to see where this takes me and like the next step for the family. And like, we've loved L.A., but we're like, you know, basically saying like, I'm, I'm not coming back here. I'm out of here. Yeah. So, um, you know, and I do think that with this Quincy Williams contract, that was kind of like no yeah. often that mm-hmm. Drew Tranquil is not coming back. Yeah. All right, we can we can do like a Trey Pipkins extension because or a yeah. new contract because I think that's probably the most likely given everything mm-hmm. that's happened. So um I actually do have his deal ready at hand. So the deal that I've kind of predicted for Pipkins, I think, you know, as a quality tackle who's kind of had a pretty good year last year, I think he'll get about seven point five million in APY. So let me just fill so we'll do a six point five, six point seven five million dollar signing bonus uh we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And for what it's worth for our audio audience while uh, Arjun works this in, um, Brad Spielberger has Trey getting a $3.6.75 million per year contract, um, which basically is a three-year 20.25 total contract. So um, I think Arjun is – I would say that Arjun is right in terms of the home team having to pay a little bit more uh, to keep that player around. So I think that would uh, make a lot of sense for the Chargers and for his price tag. Yeah, so low year one cap hit for Trey, 3.75. I think that's pretty standard. Um, so yeah, that would you know cost 3.75 on the 2023 cap. Um, next, I guess we could talk about Morgan Fox. I'm I, I think I'm gonna pass that on to you guys and let you guys kind of handle what your what the situation is with him. Yeah, it's the second most irreplaceable free pending free agent. I think that you know, given some discussion, I, I do think that like they are going to try to make this work. And I think now with you do four restructures for some reason, like I just think it's worth it to them. And he's a Staley guy and he's productive. And frankly, you could envision him actually even outperforming that current um, contract, whatever he ends up getting, because he wasn't that full-time starter necessarily last year. I think they can make him a bit more of a starter this year. I just think you have to keep this going. You can't, you can't replace him. You can't replace mm-hmm. him. He's on the team this year. I, I have to believe it. 
Steven? <laughs> I I lean towards Fox being priced out personally. Um, I think that what he does is is too valuable, and you know him getting forty pressures and six sacks this past year is in line with a number that I think the Chargers would not be able to go out and do. Whether that that market is sustainable for him outside of the Chargers, I don't know. But I look at all of these interior pass rushers that are on the market. I think everybody is essentially getting a pay bump, and you know, Deron Payne getting his contract done isn't necessarily going to affect Morgan Fox's deal, but I do think that it is it does affect the market overall. So I think Morgan would have to take a pay cut in terms of his market to stick around with the Chargers personally. I'm with you. I think I don't think the Chargers would go higher than like five million. Um I think my projection was like four point five million for him, which I think you know is a solid pay bump from get you know the 40 pressures kind of being the most reliable guy on that interior i think he probably gets a little bit more than that again like interior pass rushers are kind of hard to find and unless you have one of the elite ones you're probably not going to get someone as consistent as fox so i i do lean that he does get priced out um of la but i'm with you tyler like i just don't think he's replaceable and like there you look at like some of the like mid mid market interior defense alignment it's a lot of run stuffers like there's not a lot mm-hmm. of like pass rushing guys like you have guys like greg Gaines, taven bryant like dean lowry uh the only you know true like pass rushing interior guy outside of fox is like jerry tillery but we all know he's not <laughs> he's a top three player he's got 25 <laughs> yeah. pressures for someone that tweet oh my gosh i couldn't <laughs> believe that got sent out but yeah i i think i think fox unfortunately is gone and I don't know how they're going to replace him honestly like they're it's going to be tough because they like outside of him they don't have any pass rushing interior guys um so I, I don't know but like I I do think he's he's gone so I lean not to kind of put a contract out for him yeah and for what it's worth as Eddie Bruin points out uh Morgan Fox's wife did make an Instagram reel which was basically kind of like a goodbye video too again that's his wife like who knows but um you know i i just like i think his market it will will price himself out of the charter's ability to pay him so mm-hmm. um i think maybe this kind of means you could talk yourself into kyle vanoi coming back i don't know where you guys stand on that one but um i think of the big three i think pipkins is probably the only one that does come back what is kyle vanoi's market even like what is his projection um, I think Brad has him at 3.25 or 3.5. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. 3.5, I think. I mean, it's financially, I guess, more responsible. I hope that doesn't prevent them from going and get an edge rusher early on this year. Yeah, um, and I mean, Matt could play linebacker like he was supposed to do as well if you're losing Drew Tranquil. So I don't know if he would want to do that, but. I yeah, didn't even know he pay someone for that. So outside of those three, I mean, we could talk about some of the like restricted free agents. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I think Jalen Jalen Guiding comes back. I don't know if that prevents them from taking a, or signing another speed guy in free agency or taking one in round one of the draft or round two or three. Um, but you know, I think his kind of speed adds a different dynamic to the offense and like they def- definitely missed him last year um so i think i, I think they would just it's tough because i don't like 
six two point six million is a lot for Jalen Guyton. So I don't really know how they they would work that deal, but I definitely think he should be brought back given his uh is that sorry, uh, is that just the basic uh restricted free agent tender? Yeah. I they would pursue a deal with him. Does it have to be a two year deal? Yeah. I, I think so. I'm not I'm honestly like not too clear with the right. restricted free agent market, but I would assume that if they don't tender him, like there's no reason why Guiden would take anything less. It, it it just doesn't make sense like he would take less than the tender on a one year mm-hmm. deal. But um it's it's tricky. I I, I didn't I, I should have done my research on that before. No, no that's, that's okay. Fine. I have no idea. I would say that because of his injury, the Chargers would not commit to that kind of price tag. The tender, you mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's someone that they kind of circle back to because when is he even supposed to return? Is he cleared to play by the time season starts? Um, if he tore his ACL in September, you're probably looking at like best case scenario, he's ready for week one. Mm-hmm. like fully 100% up to speed. So I th- I think he probably starts he would probably start training camp on the pup list and then go from there. What is the is there a deadline to tender a player and if they pass that deadline can they just sign him to a one-year deal? Um I would imagine the tenders have to be done before Wednesday, right? Yeah, yeah, no, it is I think it's it's either Wednesday or a couple days uh before one or after wednesday march 15th yeah so by wednesday i actually so i think the chargers don't even have to tender him they can just like let him hit the open market and like sign him back to like a veteran minimum that's what i think they can just do this basically that's what deandre carter got Mm. um i think he's back even if you know he doesn't isn't isn't able to like go through otas and everything i think i think he probably comes back on like something like this yeah, no, we've heard two people, one person internally, and then Eckler go out on the show and say, Jalen Guyton, like they mentioned, Jalen Guyton. We miss Jalen Guyton. We want Jalen Guyton. So, yeah, um, I'm not saying that that's going to be their solution to the speed problem, but I, I do think he's not going to get some extravagant deal anywhere else. He's hurt. He's going to get a very, very inexpensive deal, I think, back with the Chargers. And, and kind of like Keenan Allen, you make Justin Herbert happy. And if Justin Herbert wants Jalen Guyton out there, I think Jalen Guyton will be there. Yeah. Um, so we can we can pencil him back. I think um, from what I've been told, the the Chargers are in terms of the tender guys. The only ones that they're certain of tendering to come back are Cameron Dicker and Donald Parham. I, th- yeah. I think Dicker is a no brainer, especially if you're you're talking about cutting Dustin Hopkins. Mm-hmm. I would I would speculate that the Chargers would probably keep Hopkins and then uh, have a competition and then have uh, a a later Dustin Hopkins cut, give them some space for the, for the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm pretty confident that Dicker and Parham will be back. And then everybody else is just kind of, unfortunately for some fan favorites out there, let them hit the market and kind of see what happens. Yeah. I think Donald Parham gets a deal, not a tender. Okay. So we're going to extend him. Uh, what do you think of one? Like, a, I think, okay. So the Juwan deal, the Juwan Johnson deal by the saints is very interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, not saying I would Parham, say something similar to that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I definitely no don't way. think Parham gets six million APY, but it would. No, I mean, like, 
Sorry, I should have clarified. I mean, in terms of like giving him an an actual like two year deal and not the Mm -hmm. price tag. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think um, so in terms of Parham, right? Like, what what do you guys think his market is in terms of like APY? Your guess is as good as mine, Arjun. Okay, Okay, because I mean, like I said, Juwan got uh, two years, twelve million, so he got six million. Uh, APY, which obviously I don't think Parham has produced even close to what Juwan has to get that. Um, Juwan yeah. also got a $5 million signing bonus, which is extremely high, but that's also a way mm-hmm. for the Saints to kind of spread money around and uh, use void year. So I think reasonable signing bonus, probably like $3 million, spread that yeah, across so two years. To look, just looking at like Brad's list, like you look yeah. at somebody like a Josh Oliver, like mm-hmm. a, he's kind of the blocking tight end for the Ravens. Mm-hmm. He Brad has him at, at 3.5 APY. Um, Mercedes Lewis, obviously an older veteran, but he's at 3.25, uh, Robert Tanyan's at five per year. So I would imagine we're talking about like $3 million ish for, for Donald Parham. Yeah. Okay. 3 million. I'm too high there. Way too high. Something like this. Let me just check my numbers real quick. This is a little bit higher. So if I do. Feel like that that's that comes out to about three million a year which i think is reasonable yeah i think so okay that's about a million ish a year over the tender the, yeah it would be the, it's i think it's the same as let me just find yeah it would be it's actually less this year than the tender and then next year it'd be like a little mm-hmm. bit more but it's reasonable for part yeah of i think so but I, I think the Chargers would have incentive to do a two-year deal with him because Gerald mm-hmm. Everett is a free agent after this season. And I don't think you would want the tight end room heading into 2024 to be a rookie if you draft one and Trey McKitty and that's it. Like I think having Donald Parham around for two years would give them some at least some stability for, for 2024, depending on what happens with that, you know, supposed draft pick player yeah. that could be coming later. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, right. I do think J.K. Scott would be back for what it's worth. Yeah, um, it definitely could be a wait and see thing. But um, Ryan Ficken specifically chose him. I think that's kind of a, a no-brainer contract there. Um, and I would say Troy Reader as well would be yes. a, a definite bring back because you're losing Drew Tranquil. Yeah, if, if Tranquil's gone, Reader has to be back. There's no reason not to. Yeah, let me. I'm just double checking if reader got a veteran minimum this year because i don't think he probably didn't do much to to get anything more Elevate, than that, even no though no when he was on the field it you know there were some good plays i would say um yeah he got a veteran minimum so maybe you see a little bit of a bump to come back but i think he just gets gets it again so all right uh, anybody else internal that you guys would say uh is should be coming back i think will clap potentially um i mean they they still they kept uh, Brendan Nugent around, and you know Will Clapp was kind of his guy. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't necessarily rule Will Clapp coming Will Clapp coming back as the backup center. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't see why not. You know, again, we're not getting a starting caliber player here, but it's a backup. He's a backup for a reason, and so I think that, yeah. Good point. Because I, I was thinking of Will Clapp more in terms of Lombardi, but you bring up Nugent. Well, that makes mm-hmm. a lot more sense. So I would have not considered that before. 
Yeah, I mean, and I'm I'm gonna assume all of these are gonna be like one year deals. Just go all in for 2023. Yeah, and yeah. Build everything if necessary in 2024. So, okay. So now we're at about 15, 15, 16 million or 14 million after accounting for draft and in season stuff. I think we could move on to external players. Um, yeah. Based on this, again, one player I've really really liked uh, is. Um, Oboe. Sorry. he goes by like Oboe, by like yeah. film guys. Nate mm-hmm. Tice really likes him, which I think is a good sign, even though like, I'll, base, <laughs> I'll base stuff on my own opinions. But sure. um, he's, he's one of those guys where it's like he's never really gotten a chance to be in a full-time role. And I think if he is able to get that full-time role, he would be productive. I do think he'll be a little bit pricey, but... I think the value he adds in the pass rushing department will will be more than what Calvin Noy did. Definitely more than what Chris Rumpf did, and he's a he's a solid, not great run defender, um, but I could definitely see, you know, the Chargers making a, a run at him, given that he played in Staley's scheme in 2020 with the Rams. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, he was somebody that I was interested in signing last year. Um, you know, Brad has him pretty high. Brad has him as his 56, 56th best free agent um, and getting a two-year 5.5 APY deal. So um, if the Chargers are looking to upgrade their pass rush, and I think they should, um, you know, getting a player like this would make some sense. Um, you know, he had a 22.9 pass rush win rate last year. Um, so he's he's somebody I think would be very interesting for them. Um, yeah. And we'll see what happens if that means I would imagine that doesn't mean edge rushers kind of off the board uh, in the first few rounds, but um, he would make some sense. I think also another guy that uh, played under Staley in Denver, Demarcus Walker would make some sense for them. Yeah. Um, so Arjun, you kind of think that they're going to go out and, and maybe try and upgrade over uh, Kyle Van Noy in the, in the free agency market, maybe get somebody younger too. Yeah, I, I think they could. Um, and it's tricky because again, like, I don't think they want to be in a spot where like they need to draft an edge three in the first couple of rounds and like doing this would allow them to be more flexible with who they take. Um, but yeah, I think like you said, uh, Demarcus Walker, I think Malik Reed is also a very interesting name that mm-hmm. he has ties to d- the Denver, uh, you know, with the Broncos when Staley was there. Um, so yeah, definitely. I would think Staley's going to hit up his connections, former players to go get a guy that, you know, is going to back up Joey and, Mac, I just really like OT, uh, Obo just because I think he's very productive when he's you know on the field and pass rushing. So this is kind of what a deal would look like, I think, for him. Um, six point five in fully guaranteed money, six point or yeah, about six point five in fully guaranteed money, six point five APY, and then could potentially cut him after the after this year if he doesn't play well. No, I agree with that, and I think that checks a lot of boxes for them. And this is kind of what we wanted them to do last year. Eventually, they did it with Kyle Van Oy, but. Um, mm-hmm. I think that would give them some flexibility. So we'll, uh, we can pencil that one. How do you feel about that, Tyler? I should, I should ask you first. I'll, I'll be honest. I'd rather just pay Morgan Fox similar money and draft <laughs> an edge rusher. Yeah. Um, so I kind of would hope that this is not the case, to be honest. And he's a, he's a free agent I brought up. Don't get me wrong. Like, uh, uh, I'm going to kill this name. Okoronkwo. I'm so sorry. I'll figure it out if you're signed to the team. Um, <laughs> usually I'm good about this. But um, yeah, if you're paying someone that much, I'd rather just pay Morgan Fox and draft an edge rusher considering the draft. Um, so I, I really hope that's not the case. But I do think that them finding an edge rusher at some point in free agency is is fine. And they, they do have enough, a little bit of money to make that work. 
Yeah. Um, sticking with that, the Brandon Staley connection here, um, there's a bunch of Rams defensive backs that are free mm -hmm. agents. I tweeted about some of them today. Obviously, there's uh, Taylor Rapp. He's kind of, in terms of what Brad would project his market, he'd be the the bigger contract. Brad mm -hmm. has him at uh, three years, $7 million APY. Um, Nick Scott is an interesting name for me. I think he, he really loves playing for Raheem Norris, so he might stay in Los Angeles, but and then there's David Long too. So um, let's let's talk about that kind of world in terms of some potential defensive back help because I do think the Chargers uh, certainly need some some safety depth in particular. You know, heading yeah. into the season with Derwin and Alohi and JT Woods and Raheem Lane doesn't really feel very ideal for me. Um, so Tyler, we'll start with you. Any any defensive back help stand out to you that we could be looking at here? I, I do kind of think we should be looking at Taylor Rapp, and I don't think being a third-round pick last year will save you and, and force you into that spot. Yeah. I'm sure they wanted JT Woods to develop into that, but I feel like that did not happen, and it didn't happen throughout the course of the season at all. Um, and yes, he's a third-round pick, the second pick they had in the draft. You'd like to see him get there. I don't think he will, and I think in an all-in season, you can't say, all right, we'll wait till September to see if JT Woods panned out. Now, maybe they trust Alohi Gilman for that spot, and I would I would sort of get that, but still, I feel like they want to upgrade to that position. They've been trying, like they tried different things last year, um, benching Nasir Adderley, playing Alohi Gilman. They drafted JT Wood. They tried Raheem Lane a couple of times, um, just in minor roles. I don't know if nothing really, really ever stuck outside of Derwin James, obviously. So I think Taylor Rapp is a strong consideration here. I think in an all-in year, it sort of makes sense. I think this would be kind of, they're signing and just for what it's worth he's also asian so i'm all for it <laughs> i do think john johnson also a name to be considered yeah, here. Mm -hmm. um brad only has him at a one-year five million dollar deal so maybe that's more of of the chargers style here especially as they're trying to maybe you know get some value signings here so arjun where, yeah. where are you at with like this this kind of conversation in terms of some safety help yeah, I, it's tricky because I think uh, Taylor Rapp's a little bit pricey. I don't think they need to pay that much for a safety. Um, they just, it's ideally JT Woods takes over for Nasir yeah. and that's it. And like, you just need depth. But at this point, it sounds like you need someone who can be a, like a potential starter. And for me, that does kind of rule out like some of, some of the guys who are like more box safeties. I think John Johnson's like pretty versatile, but he got worse when he was in Cleveland. And you obviously you always want to buy the dip on coverage players. So I wouldn't mind the John Johnson thing, but also think 5.5 million is like a little bit high for him. Um, but I would I, I really wouldn't mind signing him. So I honestly like a one year deal for 5.5 million would not be like too bad. Uh, they could use void years to kind of push a signing bonus into future years and just spread some of that money out. So I, I'm cool with like, like putting him in, but I, I don't know if you guys see that happening also. Yeah. I mean, he was definitely the better player under Staley. I think Taylor Rapp is, is, uh, I think $7 million for Taylor Rapp. I'd rather have $5 million on John Johnson perfectly or, yeah. to be completely honest. Um, you know, John Johnson obviously has the signer caller relationship with Staley specifically. And, and Brandon Staley has talked a lot about that. Um, you know, the, it didn't necessarily work in Cleveland because I think the Browns really penciled him in like exclusively as a free safety. Mm -hmm. So I think him getting back to Staley would make a lot of sense. I mean, we've seen that 
you know, just this past year with Morgan Fox and what that can do for him. So of the two, I would say John Johnson probably feels more likely, um, but I wouldn't necessarily rule out a Taylor, Taylor Rapp um, mm-hmm. deal, especially they just hired his position coach in the secondary too. So um, in a vacuum, I would rather deal do the deal with John Johnson than, than Rapp personally. I think Rapp and Alohi are kind of redundant. I think John, John Johnson would be a little bit more versatile. Yeah, and sort of for what it's worth, different position now, but they did obviously bring in Jeff Howard, who would mm-hmm. have worked with John Johnson before. So exactly. Um, I'm not sure why Recaps being a little bit weird with this contract. Like the priority bonus is not adding up for some reason. Like I don't know why this isn't. Okay, it doesn't really matter because you know we're only looking at 2023 basically. Um, so we do three million here. But yeah, this would uh, put us at about nine, eight, nine million dollars left. Um, filled edge depth, filled safety depth. I think what would be next would probably be either looking for an, an RB two or like another art running back. Which I don't know if they do that. Uh, filling out some of the guard depth, um, assuming that Sawyer moves to left guard, and you kind of need another guy there. So I know we talked about Evan Brown being a potential guy. I was curious if you guys kind of agreed with that. Who that? <laughs> uh, so Evan Brown played for the Lions. He was uh, kind of their swing interior offensive player. So um, you know he played center. He played some guard for for the Lions over the past couple of years. I think he would certainly you know fill that position flex kind of role, similar to yeah. how Will Clapp could as well. Um, you know, and, and he's a veteran. He started a lot of games, so I, I think they do need a swing guy i think that might come in the draft um you know they do need a swing offensive tackle so i think however the chargers want to approach this essentially you would either sign a swing tackle and draft a swing guard or sign a swing guard and then draft a swing tackle i don't know if that changes your opinion here at all i think for me like cameron fleming would be probably my choice for swing tackle he's probably a bit pricier than what you're talking about for an evan brown kind of player yeah, um, but I'm cool with either one. I do. I do expect them to to get some help here on the on the offensive line in, in general. I think a swing tackle or guard would probably cost them about two to three million. So that's what I was kind of projecting for Evan Brown, where it would just be something like this, probably fully guaranteed. So he has an incentive to come here. But um, yeah, I mean, I think they have to go get some uh, O line depth. Um, not that it hurt them like too much last year because like mo- they stayed relatively healthy at times. I think they had one or two games where Sorrell was starting a tackle, but obviously swing tackles are extremely hard to find. So I wouldn't expect them yeah. to go break the bank for anyone because they just don't have that room right now. You know, that, ma- that makes sense to me. I'm cool with that. Um, I haven't looked a ton at, at guard, uh, so I- I'm cool with that. I think that um, certainly checks a lot of boxes for the Chargers. All right, so um, next here, I think we probably have to go back to the defensive line well, get a yeah. cheaper option there. Um, Arjun, I brought up Ashawn Robinson last year. Again, another yeah. Staley guy I think would make some sense. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not necessarily a pass rusher, but I think they do need some insurance in case Otito and Austin Johnson are not ready to start the season and coming off of their injuries. Um, you know, He seems like kind of a, a more value-free agent, but in terms of defensive line, had had, uh, had you thought of anybody that you wanted to bring up, Arjun? 
I think I think Aishan's someone I looked at also. He would be pretty cheap. He's you know going to be 28 years old next year, but yeah, he is mostly a run stopper. But that doesn't you know matter as much because like you said, Otito is coming off that season-ending injury, so they could always use depth there. Um, Jaron Reed from the Packers could be interesting. He's mm. more of a pass rushing interior guy, but like he's had yeah. a couple of subpar years the past couple of years, so I don't know if he's def- someone I'd want to go get. Greg Gaines is someone that I feel like Jordan Rodriguez and uh, you know Nate Tice, Robert Mays always talk about with that Rams defense and like how he's, he fits very well next to Aaron Donald. So I think he could be an interesting name. And obviously, you know, Staley's worked with him in the past. Um, and then finally, uh, I kind of like Shai Tuttle. He's he's more of a uh, rotational guy, but he, I feel like any time I watch the Saints, it's always, oh, undrafted free agent, Shai Tuttle making a play here. And, you know, I think he's been sort of productive for the Saints. So those are some of the names, but I, I do like Aishan and he would probably cost, you know, about like uh, 2.5 mil. Uh, Stephen, what did Brad have him, have him at? Uh, Shai Tuttle? Robinson. Oh, sorry. Um, Shy Tuttle, he has that two years, four million APY for what it's worth. Hmm. Um, Robinson's Robinson? one year, two point five. Yeah. So once you get past that Morgan Fox, Matt Ioannidis realm, you're talking about generally like one year, yeah, two point mm-hmm. five, three year contracts. Um, Jaron Reed is two years, three APY for what it's worth. Greg Gaines two for three. Taven Bryan's two for four. Uh, Kalen Saunders, although he's more kind of a nose. They could do the Akeem Hicks thing again if they wanted to, although he kind of <laughs> uh, missed a lot of games last year again. So that's not necessarily something I'd be super interested in. Um, Shy Tuttle, for what it's worth, um, he does grade out better as a run defender than a pass rusher. Mm-hmm. Um, he had 10 pressures, three sacks last year. So not necessarily a, a pass rushing guy. I feel like more of a Rough mini, mini Austin Johnson kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But yeah, yeah, we can, we can do Robinson. So I'll, I'll put this in. I saw a comment saying the chargers are going to go the Draymond Jones route. Look, Alden Draymond Jones <laughs> is going to get $18 million a year from whatever team throws the bag at him. The chargers. Yeah. You know, they're, they've already gave four veteran contracts to guys on their defensive line. I'd be shocked if they even, like, attempted to call his agent. So I definitely don't think, uh, you know, I, I think you shouldn't, like, you shouldn't even be thinking about Draymond Jones at this point. No, 100%, 100% would rather have Morgan Fox at his price tag than Draymond Jones. Uh, another name, Stephen, who'd you, oh, gosh, Berrios? Oh, Braxton Berrios? Yeah, yeah we haven't sent a returner back yet, so. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Now, I don't believe Brad has a projection up for him. I didn't even, like, think about him because, obviously, he just got cut. Um, I can just double-check, though. Brad's always good with updating. Yeah, I don't think he has Barrios up there. But Barrios, I think he signed, like, a three-year $12 million deal, if I remember correctly. Now that he got cut, he's definitely going to get less from a team that pays him on the open market. So just so I get this correct. Oh, he signed a two year, 12 million. Okay. That's a lot. So Barrios would definitely cost a little bit. I think again, if we're talking one year deals, something like 3.5 million, just because again, he got a lot from the, you got a lot from the jets for something. So that is that was coming off of his, that was after his first team, all pro nomination. So 
Oh, okay. um, you know, they they paid a premium for their returner. He was averaging 30 yards a kickoff return and, you know, 13 yards per punt return at that time. Yeah. And I think he had like 450 yards receiving that year. So um, okay. Jets well, definitely Chargers, paid a premium yeah. for him. Chargers, I don't think Chargers would or should give him that much. Um, you know, DeAndre Carter only got one year. It was a veteran minimum. So yeah. I think something like this could work. I don't know if they'd pay this much for just a returner, though, and to be wide receiver four or even five heading into mm-hmm. next year. Yeah, I I do think that they're going to try and upgrade over what DeAndre Carter gave them as a returner. I wouldn't necessarily be shocked to see Carter come back, but right, yeah. um, they they can't run back an 18 yards per average kickoff return guy again. So they was they it 18 fear. in the end? Good lord, yeah, <laughs> it was really bad, and they were. They were consistently like all throughout the season. They were consistently like top fifteen DVOA and pretty much everything. And then kickoff return was always like 28, 29, 30. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was bad. And and, so, and not all of that is DeAndre Carter's fault, right? But, right. Um, I do think that Ryan Ficken's going to look at that and say hey, whether that's through the draft or through free agency, you know, remains to be seen. But um, I'd be pretty surprised if DeAndre Carter is returning kicks again next year. All right, I'll lock this in. I, I don't. Really, it's tough to gauge his price, but I think this would probably be a decent number. Mm-hmm. Um, for what it's worth, I think like I've I've seen some people talk about this. Uh, Keyshawn Nixon, the corner from the Packers, um, he was just first team All Pro as a kickoff mm-hmm. returner, so I think he would be a little bit too pricey. But uh, people have asked me about him after I talked about Braxton Barrios yesterday, so. Um, just wanted to to mention that I think Nixon's probably a, a little out of their range. Yeah, no, I'm with you, and I, I don't think Bisaccia lets them leave Green Bay. To be honest, also that. All right, so um, after agreeing to deals here in this simulation with Braxton Berrios, Ashawn Robinson, Evan Brown, John Johnson, and Ogbonia Okoronkwo, and then bringing back Will Cap, Troy Reader, J.K. Scott, Donald Parham, Jalen Guyton, and Trey Pipkins. The Chargers have $12 million in cap space, which would essentially be about $5 million left uh, mm-hmm. in spending space. So um, we're running out of time here. But Tyler, anybody else you wanted to bring up here? Uh, Bobby Wagner. No. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I, <can see. laughs> I, I, I think there's a world where maybe they look at another running back to be brought in, kind of like Arjun was mentioning. I don't know who that would be, yeah. um, but that's like a million, two million dollars here and there. So as far as this goes, you know, in terms of the spots they needed to fill, you know, I think they got most of it. Uh, and I'm glad that we went more of a, a depth solid route than just like one dude. Yeah, I I think after, again, this, this Quincy Williams deal, it hurts the Chargers in several fronts because if they were serious about Bobby Wagner, now you're talking about, you know, Brad has him as a one-year deal, but now you're talking about Bobby Wagner probably on like a one-year, ten million dollar contract. Maybe I would assume is is kind of where he'd be at. Um, Drew Trangle becomes more expensive, so that that Quincy Williams contract hurts the Chargers in several fronts. I think, yeah, because of that, they would just <laughs> hey, we'll we'll do the Troy Reader thing again, and then we'll we'll draft another linebacker. I, I could see a running back too, um, because I I do think you you have to have two quality guys to run Kellen Moore's offense, in my opinion. Um, so Arjun, was there a running back that maybe kind of stood out to you as a, as a potential fit here? It's a very good question. Um, 
Honestly, Nate Tice, running... Nate Tice, sorry to interrupt you. Nate Tice floated the Jamal Williams thing. I, but... I hated that. I was going to say. Uh, I, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> I hated that so much. <laughs> I think he's going to be a jet after they sign Aaron, after they get Aaron Rodgers. Personally. Williams Williams is a hilarious guy. He's a great character, a great teammate. He, I mean, he has so many touchdowns from the one-yard line. He's not explosive at all. He, like, he, no. he was very inefficient behind one of the best offensive lines in football. Like, that's a very hard pass for me. Um, someone like, okay, you, you guys will probably hate this Raheem Mostert. Just give me some explosiveness in that backfield. Sure. I don't care that if he's injured or not. Like we have like, <laughs> you know, we have decent depth with Joshua Kelly, but just give me explosiveness. That's all I care about at this point. No, I think that would make some sense. If Shane Day had stuck around, I would definitely be somebody I uh, would be talking about, but I do think that running back makes a lot of sense. I think, you know, you don't really know what you have in these guys still as much as we all would, would hope Joshua Kelly takes that step forward. Um, you know, Tyler mentioned Samaji Piran yesterday, and I think that's somebody that would make some sense too. But I'm cool with Mostert. I'm cool with Jeff Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sounds like Devin Singletary might not have a huge market. Um, that might be a guy I'd be interested in. Uh, some people have agent. some sorry i didn't even realize he's a free agent those four years with buffalo flew by <laughs> yeah yeah they're because they're um they're interested in jamal williams too supposedly um and i think i saw that they're interested in david montgomery so mm-hmm. they've they've tried to upgrade from him for years and obviously they drafted james cook last year so they got to figure out what they have in him uh naheem hines is still on that roster so, um, I'm cool with Raheem Mostert. Um, anybody more expensive than that, I don't necessarily think the Chargers would do. You know, like Kareem Hunt, I can't really see. Deontay Foreman. So, yeah, I'm cool with Raheem Mostert. I haven't even looked yeah. at running back free agents. <laughs> you know, we didn't really talk about running backs yesterday, but I like I think they need a reliable guy there to, mm-hmm. to bring in some depth. All right, I can add this in and then probably wrap up at that point. Cool. Sounds good. Um, so I think his market would probably be like this around that. Silbo man said Rex Burkhead so he doesn't kill us. <laughs> 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 That'd be hilarious, honestly. While Arjun's doing that, Stephen, do you want to answer this one just real quick from Richard? Oh, yeah. Uh, super chat from Richard uh, Mazara. I hope I said that right. Uh, he said, you and many other podcasters pounded the table for JC Jackson as a free agent signing last year. Now he's viewed as a huge bust. What went wrong and how do we avoid that in the future? Um, I mean, the easy answer is obviously his health took a turn that nobody really expected. Um, you know, obviously he had the the foot surgery that led to him missing time and then coming back too early and then obviously had the the knee injury here um we'll see what happens with him but i think how do you avoid this in the future is is really doing your research on a medical front from a player's back from a player's history because supposedly the foot injury was something he played through and really only like the patriots knew about it and for whatever reason you know the chargers didn't necessarily know about it so I think first and foremost, you have to properly vet somebody's health because that foot issue directly led to his subpar play, which probably also led to the injury, you know, after that. Yeah. 
It's unfortunate. Like you said, do due diligence. And then maybe if the the pressure to win cannot be too great. So if he's truly not ready, do not rush him all the way back against the Chiefs, for example. <laughs> and if you do play him against the Chiefs in week two after getting hurt, don't also, uh, you know, what are you Playing guys laughing about? Yeah, but make him play every snap. Yeah. What are you laughing at, guys? Just <laughs> don't rush him out back against the best offense in the league. Yeah, no, I was laughing at your comment. I wasn't laughing at something else. But, you know, J.C. Jackson, we'll see that, you know, I've seen some people talk about like restructuring his contract. I think you want to leave that contract as is and preserve a potential out down the road. And and ideally he comes back, you know, at least to most of his former self. So I think mm-hmm. like the pounding the table thing for him, like the number, all of the numbers checked out. Like he was great in man coverage. He was great in zone coverage. The Chargers had a need. Um, you know, I, I think you can play a lot of what ifs there, but I think like in terms of going out and taking a swing at corner, I think the logic was sound. It for me, this is just like you do you need to new you need to do a much better job vetting vetting a player's medical history before you invest this kind of contract in somebody. So if they had known about this foot issue heading into free agency, there's no way they would have done that deal. So I think this is uh, this is a lesson in in doing more medical history vetting, in my opinion. All right. So uh, just kind of recapping here, uh, Chargers obviously re-signing Trey Pipkins in this scenario. I do think that does ultimately happen. And then we had them signing, bringing in uh, Raheem Moster, Braxton Berrios, Sean Robinson, Evan Brown, John Johnson, Ogbonia Okorunkwo, bringing back Will Clapp, Donald Parham, uh, Jalen Guyton, J.K. Scott, and Cameron Dicker. I don't think I missed anybody, did I? And Troy Reader, excuse me, I did miss somebody. Um, Tyler, how do you feel about this uh, simulation before we head out? Um, I think not bringing back Morgan Fox is a mistake, and I, I still think they're going to do it. But overall, I do feel good about this because we're addressing not just one player at one spot. That's not why the Chargers, you know, lost to the Jaguars. That's not why they didn't, you know, perform above expectations. There's several different pieces that they need, and it's not just a one player thing. So I'm glad we looked at several options, not just one. Arjun, and uh, your final thoughts here on our uh, simulation. Yeah, I think uh, I think we did a good enough job kind of filling some of those holes. Again, it, it does seem like 2023 is the all-in year, so I, th- I think we're going to see a lot more one-year contracts than we did last year. Um, you know, last year, I think we saw, saw a, lot, a lot of multi-year deals with a lot of great guarantees. also wouldn't be surprised if Chargers don't make any moves in day one, like either Monday or Tuesday, like this could just be like a wait and see, like see how the market plays out. See, yeah, you know, if, if they, if Trey Pippins is allowed to hit the market and report back what his APY is like, do they want to match it? I think they will be a little bit more patient than they were last year where they signed, uh, what was it? JC Joseph day and, uh, Austin Johnson in one day. Right. So I think yeah. we'll, we'll, we won't see a lot of deals early on, but I think chargers will kind of be signing some of these, uh, mid-tier guys to a lot of one-year deals <laughs> that's a that's a fun comment in the chat i say we get rid of sebastian johnson and morgan and bring in a higher graded dt yeah let's just blow up the defensive line two years in a row i, I love that idea um no in all seriousness i think this is the approach that the charter should take you know i think an early swing on obviously trey pipkins an early swing on a pass rusher would make some sense and then you you wait it out like arjun is saying so um Again, you know, hopefully you guys enjoyed this simulation. I do think the Chargers being patient, doing one more, doing one year deals like Arjun saying is probably the uh, the smart approach here. So 
Um, that's going to do it for us tonight. We are going to go live on uh, Wednesday. We'll see if anything happens at that point. We'll have a recap ready for you that day. And then uh, we'll just kind of play it by ear this week like we did last year. So we'll keep you guys posted on all future shows. Tyler, Arjun, thank you guys. Everybody in the chat, thank you for tuning in tonight. And as always, if you are listening to this, please make sure we leave a, a rating and a review. We always appreciate all of that positive feedback. And uh, we'll see you guys next time.